0: Hi and welcome to episode 31 of Your Tour Tales, the podcast from RICT Radio and me, Sam Steen. This podcast is all about the entertainment industry and the music business and the people who work within it. And this interview is with Andrew Falkos from the band Future of the Left, previously frontman of McCluskey. Uh, They've got a new album out and they're coming to play here in Luxembourg and Andrew was good enough to take some time to chat to me all about it. Uh, Crowdfunding, the music business as it stands and uh, just where the band are these days. Hope you enjoy it, and uh, we'll be back at the end.
1: Can you hear me all right?
0: I can hear you perfectly. Uh, can you hear me?
1: I can hear you fine, yeah. The reason I ask is because I'm, I'm kind of doing stuff in the house at the minute because I'm really fucking rock and roll, and I'm <laughs> wearing, um, I'm wearing uh, headphones. So if it's not clear enough, I can just switch and talk to you on my phone.
0: No, no, it's, it's perfectly clear. That's really good excellent excellent super well andrew thanks so much for taking the time and sorry we're a little bit late uh, i thought it was oh, in five minutes no. <laughs> i got my time is mixed up
1: no it's fine you know i'm honestly i'm just at home i it's just as long as i knew when it was happening i'm just at home writing so there's there's no there's no real inconvenience caused no problems
0: super well thank you so much i appreciate that very much um so uh, yeah you're at home writing then and is it music that you're writing songs that you're writing
1: that's what I'm doing most of the time. But no, t- today I've, I'm coming back to the uh, the book I finished last year. So uh, I, I'm editing it. I was told by people who know a lot more about this than me. It's not like with music where you write music and then you pile back into it. Um, you know, rock and roll is, a, you know, very, very, by its nature, it's three minutes. And sometimes I mean, I I, sometimes I tell people that three-minute songs can take less than three minutes to write. Obviously, on a temporal level, that doesn't make sense, but it's more to just emphasize how quick songs are to to write. It's an instant art form. You can write a song, send it to somebody, and have a reaction in 10 minutes. You can't really do that with a novel. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, going back through, and I was really pleased with it when I finished it, but I'm really glad I sent it to a couple of people They pointed out, you know, they were very positive generally, but they pointed out flaws in it. And it's really good to give it a few months and then to to go back to it with a slightly different mindset. So that's what that's what I'm trying to do this year. Trying to. uh, Well, it's a gig economy now, isn't it? So you can't just make a living from one thing. So I'm basically picking all of the dying industries and I'm trying to. I'm trying to go into those. So I've got music. That's one dying industry. Novel writing. So I might go into forming clay pots. <laughs> something, something, something like that.
0: Well, listen, you're talking. Yeah, it's a,
1: it's a lot of fun.
0: You're talking to a radio presenter, so I know exactly what you're talking about.
1: Ah, <laughs> uh, absolutely. Well, there we are. But you, you can definitely say if you do something like you know radio presenting or or music or. uh, if you do it in, in even a semi-professional way, you know, it's, it's definitely doing it for the love of it because if it's a money-making scheme, it's a very badly conceived one, isn't
0: it? <laughs> Absolutely. And I actually, that is something that we, because I, I, I put this out as a podcast as well and it's an awful lot to do mm-hmm. with the, the music industry and the, the people working within it. And um, Yeah. You know, I, th- I think it's it's a kind of a fascinating time for the music industry or, well, I say fascinating, fascinating kind of rubbish, but, um mm. Uh, like for for your but, you, for you guys' latest record, that was a you know you you put that out, you raised money from fans, so that's got to give you some heart mm-hmm. at least that there is people out there willing to pay for your music and support you guys.
1: Yeah, it's it's fantastic. I mean, I've been talking about the music industry generally. I think you know w- without without trying to be too pompous about it, it'll end up you know history will end up being written by the winners. So uh it although i suppose that's one thing with the internet the the losers also get to have their small say as well below the line yeah but um it i'm i'm in a position with with the internet where something like bandcamp means because of the work i've already done means that i can make getting on for half a living from my own music my my solo stuff mm-hmm. um however for people who are haven't had the benefits of the tail end of exposure of what you might have called the the classic model music industry, it's almost impossible to get yourself heard unless as in with the normal, the old music industry, unless you were particularly good looking or there's a lot of money thrown at you Uh, with, with feature the left in terms of uh, crowdfunding. And there is just something comical to me about the term crowdfunding. It just sounds just sounds like everybody's piling on you you know (laughs) suffocating suffocating the hell out of you but uh it's on on one level if you choose to see it that way it's incredibly flattering um on another level it's people people certainly don't feel as if they're uh, some people are just pre-ordering the record in one sense you know it's really good that they have enough trust in the band to go i'll give these I'll give these guys twelve quid. I know it'll be good. That's that is an amazing feeling, and but other people just they like to be involved from the start. That's part of the motivation of it. Personally, I may, may, personally, I don't, I don't feel that way myself when I contribute to things. But I, I suppose <clears throat> part of life is accepting that other people have different motivations to yourself.
0: Well, well how do you um, mean that they want to be involved? I mean,
1: well, they want to. They want to you know, I mean, we're not one of those bands who publishes hundreds of updates from the studio. Hey guys, just having a pizza. Anybody want to sing some backing vocals on the song? I uh-huh. mean, it's not that whereas whereas for other bands, I mean I, 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 I take I take the piss a little bit, but for other bands that's that's natural. That's in their idiom to be that welcoming to people, you know? Um for our band it does that doesn't come uh, it doesn't come quite that easily and as, as my band mates know if you don't get the backing vocals right then you're not, you're not singing them um, so yeah, yeah. Um, uh, it's a I, 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 don't know how to, I don't know how to put it really it's a uh, it's some people like to, to feel as if they helped out I suppose and they like the idea of, of being involved with that record, I've talked to people after shows, they like the idea with the last two records which are crowdfunded they like the idea that they were one of the first people to give money towards it and especially people who contributed bigger amounts they feel like they were a part of it and in a small way they were a part of it well yeah Um, i mean so that's that's amazing
0: well that's fine if you're contributing and just as you say kind of giving the trust that you're going to use that money to make a good record and you know if you're a Mm. fan of the band then you know you might want to to help out and you because you want to see them continue and you want to see the band playing wherever but is, is it that people mm. actually want apart from the guys who just want to watch you eat pizza and sing sing backing vocals and stuff uh <laughs> are, are there people who who actually want to physically be a part of it be there see you doing things and all that kind of stuff uh,
1: i don't think we're that kind of band really and frankly Uh, our fans on the level we're at would be too polite to ask. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I think that there comes, there comes a, you you can see it. I've, you know, I've, I've I've been in bands. I've toured with a lot of bands. There's a kind of a critical mass that a band hit where they begin to reach the people who aren't like them. (laughs) And that's when, and that's when things get a bit weird. Not necessarily bad. And obviously there are, gradations of it and it very much depends on the kind of band i mean you're not going to get you're not going to get you're going to you know for example bell and sebastian are going to have a weirder kind of a a more different kind of super fan than the napalm death they're going to they're going to have different um you know different ways of showing that although ultimately crazy be crazy you know (laughs) but um i mean i've stood uh, and seen a band in cardiff just around the corner from my house a band i I'm, I'm not particularly a fan but a friend of mine is a big fan so we went and saw them a band called a band called the joy formidable oh, yeah. which i thought was which is a weird one for me because for years i thought this band were called the joy for <laughs> <laughs> um, and so when i found out they weren't a i felt because you know it's not like my French is great or anything it's not like I go around you know yeah, yeah. deliberately pronouncing things in in the in the french sense that was that was my first discovery of the evening that was very exciting um but this venue is about a what three hundred and fifty capacity room, so it's not a huge room by any by any stretch but this is a band who got played quite a lot on the radio back in the day, so maybe have reached. A, a, you know a slightly bigger audience than an audience you go to see music all the time mm-hmm. you know you've got people who go to two or three gigs a year and this because of they got into this band at a particular time this is the band they go and see and there was a guy at the we were stood, of course I'm stood near the back I'm a I'm a man in my 40s you know um and uh, but there was somebody stood near us and the band are playing and the lead singer of uh this band the joy formidable uh is a, is a, is a lady and uh he went and it wasn't a get your tits out moment it, but he went oh roxy give us a smile oh no <laughs> you're, like, you're like what 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 is this you know you you're going what is this this is That is objectively not the point of this band. Yeah. Do you know where you are? They, they kind of, they. they, In fact, this band are a very articulate band. They rail against that kind of thing. You know. So you know enough about the band to know to know her name, but it's just it's just very odd. And this is, of course, is far from the most egregious example of this. This is a very. I mean, that guy definitely doesn't think he's doing anything offensive, and he's he's not doing anything offensive. But what he's doing is stepping outside of, I suppose, the normal paradigm of what it means to be, uh, a, you know, m- what it means to be that a fan of that band. I mm-hmm. suppose. Um, sorry, I have no idea what I was saying there. I was just, I was just telling him to me what was an amusing anecdote. No, I, I, I do does. that all. I do. I do that all the time. You might have to edit for edit for personality. <laughs>
0: No, I think I think we'll be all right for that uh, well let's let's, let's let's chat about the uh, about the latest record, then the peace and truth, the future of the left. Uh, and as we said, it was crowdfunded. Yeah well tell us about the record and and do you when you're selling that record or asking for people to fund it, do you kind of have to make a pitch or do you just say we're doing a record?
1: Um, the first because this was the second bit of crowdfunding we did, so we learned a lot from doing it the first time. And it was it was a question of approaching it the right way, because you have to understand, I suppose, in any relationship, if you if you're going to be cl- clinical about it. I mean, I can break it down like this for you now. But obviously, as as functioning adults, we didn't have to do that. We just thought about what we were comfortable with. We didn't want to give exclusives like signed drum skins. Uh, we're not going to come around your house to play an acoustic show. We couldn't play an acoustic show. Um, our songs don't, don't work in that way. But for us, it was basically a glorified pre-order with that sense of being involved. Yeah. And that's what it was. And it was, guys, we need this money to make the record. Uh, there's, you know, there's no real bells and whistles. All there's going to be is a record. So, That's it. Although in our case, there were bells and whistles in the sense of we also did uh, with both of the last two albums. We also did an additional like 20 minute EP with each one because we'd written we'd written so many songs. We'd written like two hours of songs. Obviously, we didn't record two hours of songs. We're not completely insane, (laughs) but we did. You know, we had all of those songs and so we wanted to put them out. We didn't want these songs to just die on the vine. Um, And that was it. And we we were quite funny, a little bit self-deprecating about it. Um, but I wasn't. we considered crowdfunding for our third record, which we actually only ended up making because a friend, a, a good friend gave us money to do it. Yeah. Um, uh, which, you know, which for the kind of level of band we were on, uh, that, they were our choices at the time. You know, either get, and you know, as individuals, I wouldn't say we're heavily in debt, but you know, certainly having been professional musicians for many years, uh, I, I my, my credit cards can't take any more debt, uh, and I don't and I don't want them to. You know, they're they're perfectly happy as they are. Um, but the the crowdfunding the crowdfunding worked very well for us. But as I kind of said before, when I mentioned Bandcamp in terms of my solo stuff, yeah. I think we're very much at the sweet spot of how crowdfunding can work for a band as in the the size the size of our concern how much people like it was just right for us to be able to i suppose it, exploit would be the right word but to to use that to create something that we wanted to create and that people wanted to buy as well um if you're smaller if you're a smaller concern than that it 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 could be pro- it it would be a problem to get the attention no matter how good your music is yeah so I'm very I'm very aware of that I feel I wouldn't go as far as saying we felt lucky because there's lots of work over twenty years gone into getting people to trust me and us you know in terms of the music we've made from McCluskey to Future of the Left so that trust is earned that trust hasn't been based on Two fancy songs with a with a guest verse by Kanye West. You know, <laughs> it's been based on it's been based on solid, consistent work over the years. Obviously, people being fans are going to like some records better than other records. All you know, blah blah blah, all of that crap. But, that's but I, so I wouldn't say we felt wouldn't yeah absolutely, but I wouldn't say we felt lucky. I mean, certainly in Britain, it hasn't been any kind of problem. The one big difference, though, in terms of say working with a with a record company. Uh, and back in the days when more records were sold rather than live tickets is say if there are countries Germany would be uh, one of those countries where we did very well but the, the model the way it works in Germany is the actual guarantees you get paying for shows are relatively low so we without record company support we can't afford to go and play in Germany haven't done so for whatever it is six years and so as a result if we went to play in Germany soon, our crowds are going to be lower. I mean, obviously, you know, yeah, because yeah. you haven't been around for six years and you're not a big enough band to really have that, you know, their back thing because it's not enough of a story because none of us have, you know, none of us have ever had an uh, emotional breakup <laughs> or, you know, we we don't sell the band in terms of the story of the band. And I know because I deal with, you know, journalists, uh, a lot of press, you know, PR people, even good ones, they'll say they want to write about you, but they need a story. I'm, I'm, and I'm saying, are you saying I have to go outside and murder a homeless person to to get coverage in the Guardian? It's the only way. <laughs>
0: it's the only way.
1: You know. Yeah, but you know.
0: But I guess as well, it's it's just the logistics of it as well. Because if you were to go yourself, you could probably do a tour in Germany by yourself. Because you know, just the cost and the logistics of bringing yourself and your gear around is so much easier than bring the entire band.
1: Uh, oh, if it was just me, yeah, I suppose. But I'm I'm not. Yeah, playing shows by myself. No, I like I love recording music by myself, but playing a show by myself. I think you know it's a combination of you know the daring and the and the stupid solo shows i'm not a mm-hmm. it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't work for me like a lot of people say because of the stuff in the shows why why don't you do stand up but it, it it's not the same stand ups are very brave individuals they stand there and they they just talk i'm stood there with a the guitar and three of my mates with me And if anybody starts to say something funny, which, you know, happens all the time, there are funny people in this world, I can just hit my guitar and defeat them instantly. Um, You've got all the power if you're stood on the stage. You've got all of the power.
0: Exactly. If there's ever ever an awkward Mm. silence, if a joke falls flat, you can just launch into a song so you're you're golden.
1: Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. It happens all the time. And, you know, if there's any... I remember one, I'll I'll recount one particularly embarrassing, embarrassing story. We played in Belgium in, I can't remember what the venue was called, but there'd been lots of uh, riots in that area. I think it's the Molenbeek area, I think it's called, um, where there'd been lots of like race riots. We didn't know, they didn't tell us before we wandered around the area and kicked football around with local kids and everything, you know, would have been good to know about the race riots before that. But, um, uh, during the show, I, you know, you said, well, something you say as a human being, thank you for coming out tonight, you know, for, you know, you, you, Belgians, you take the piss a little bit. And then somebody says, I'm from Poland. And you go, and you Polish don't travel that far to see us. It puts too much pressure on us, you know? And then somebody said near the back, I'm from India, and I went, and it sounded to me like somebody doing a, an Apu accent from gotcha. The Simpsons. Gotcha. And I went, and I went, yeah, nice accent, mate. And the light flicked on, and it was an Indian guy. And, went, oh. <laughs> and we just went, um, and I just went, one, two, three, four, and straight into the song, and the awkwardness is gone because <laughs> you haven't, uh, you haven't let it linger, you know. And it was, but well, I was just, I mean. If I'd allowed it, and at the after that Julia went, did you say, and I'm like, n- n- no, and it was a year before I admitted it it was a year before <laughs> it was a year before I admitted the exact uh, sequence of events
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah so what's the difference then between playing those gigs in Germany that you know you can't do as a result of the way that works there now to mm-hmm. playing here in Luxembourg in Brussels again and and a couple of gigs around France?
1: The, the the fees are a little bit higher. Um, it, it, the way it works in Germany is, I mean, a lot of it is on faith. They'll just give you quite a low, quite a low fee. To, whereas in in France, in Luxembourg, in Belgium, where in you know most of those places we're going to be playing to, well, depending on the size of the city, at least a couple of hundred people. Yeah. They they you know it's 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 just taken for granted it'll go well. There is, I mean, certainly as as opposed to the uk as well sometimes you know sometimes there's kind of arts council funding uh for different venues or to get certain kinds of bands over mm-hmm. for cultural reasons whereas in britain if anything we have the opposite <laughs> <laughs> you know oh what you're you're a band from around here are you so you'll do the show for nothing yeah yeah no no abs- absolutely no i mean we do do we do do charity shows and things, but we try to keep it quiet because it, you know, as, as much as it's a lovely thing to do, and when you do good things, good things come back to you. That you don't even have to use the word karma; it just happens. People are inclined to be nicer to you when you go around being nice. But if you go around advertising yourself for doing charity shows, that's a that's a really good way of to to reduce your already tiny income to a non-existent one. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's something. Uh, about say, certainly, it's very difficult for me to speak specifically about Luxembourg because I've never been there. So this will be my first visit. Very good. But um, but um, Germany, M- McCluskey, my old band, and I'm not sure if you're familiar with them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, They um, it was in, the the album "Do, da- McCluskey Do Dallas" was very relatively speaking successful in Germany, um, but by the time we released our next album which is called The Difference Between Me and You is that I'm Not On Fire, which is a, a, it's still the same band, but it's a much weirder record. It's not necessarily as successful as the previous record in a lot of ways, but it's more interesting. Um, and they just, I, in general, not, not every German, of course, but we generalize for certain reasons, it w- wasn't nearly as successful. They pretty much wanted the same thing.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I think with a, with a French audience, uh, the French audience are all up in general now again, not every single French person uh, want a willingness to for you to try and be pretentious that 's what that 's what they quite like that 's the people i 've spoken to at shows bear bear this out, and for some reason uh McCluskey we could not you know we we got had very small crowds in France, and in fact we were so i don 't know. We had so much little attention paid to us that when we turned up at venues, our loading it would say, Playing tonight, M C. Lusky. You know? <laughs> and so every night a different one of us would take turns to be when we got to the venue, M C. Lusky, you know, wrapped in a wrapped in a towel instead of a cake, James Brown style, you know, and ushered through. And the rest of us would be the entourage. Um, <laughs> they were they were exciting days. It just didn't work in France, Um, whereas Future of the Left, in France particularly, Belgium has been fairly consistent for us, McCluskey and Future of the Left. It was was always really good. Um, uh, But uh, yeah, France has been really, really good for this band, and Germany not interested nearly as much. Why that is? Wow, I guess we just have to look at history and culture. (laughs)
0: And do you think it it is just a case of perhaps just like just going into into these different markets and just starting in small venues and going back again, or is there a point? Do do you kind of think uh, we we'll, we have our markets and we'll just continue to to work those?
1: It's to do with so many different factors. I mean, some bands have thousands and tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands and millions of pounds in some cases thrown at them. And they never find any market. Uh, They have everything going for them in, you know, I suppose, in terms of those little factors you tick off in terms of what makes something successful. And it it just it just doesn't work for whatever reason. I mean, we were never in that position. It's to do with lots of things. If there's what we've played in cities, say in Australia where you can pretty much say, say back when, say, the street press, which is still a thing in Australia, you know, uh, there's uh, things like the, the Beat and different magazines in particular cities in Oz, they, they, people read them and they still have an effect. I, we can certainly say that when the first time we played in Australia, because certain journalists had written about us a lot, we were already playing to 500 people a night.
0: That's great.
1: Um, even w- when we got there, So on that kind of, in a very small way, you can see how it works in other places. Um, Sometimes if if there was, I I mean, I I suppose that's more difficult now. I'm talking about the early 2000s um, where people would have less sources for news and certain, I guess, journalists and DJs would be gatekeepers for what was successful. Whereas now with the internet, there are very, very few gatekeepers, which is, I would suggest positive in some ways, but negative in more. Um, uh, but I don't know. You just don't know. In one sense, yeah, maybe you found your audience. It's a bit confusing to me because we're a loud rock band and our, our show is, you know, meant to be a loud rock show. But to me, it's again, maybe this betrays my own uh, exposure to art, what I like, but I don't think we make particularly difficult music. There's an odd song, which is kind of difficult, but, you know, I grew up, I love bands like the Jesus Lizard. I love loud, uh, uh, soundtrack is the wrong way, but the the Jesus Lizard aren't a pop band, you know, Mm -hmm. it's a loud, it's a loud band. All the constituent elements work like a machine. It's fantastic music, especially, especially live. It's just absolutely incredible. But we... We we have elements to that. We're fans of that kind of music. We play that kind of thing. Love bands that kind of afford, But we pretty much write pop songs. Um, it just We happen to deliver them in a really loud way. And I think even though probably uh, the reality part of my consciousness accepts in a lot of ways that we found our audience, I don't think... You know, I don't think I almost said spiritually, don't worry, I've just punched myself in the balls. Um, I think on on another level. We make music which isn't designed for a particular group of people. That to me is as fundamentally dishonest, deliberately appealing to a cult audience as it is deliberately writing shiny pop singles.
0: Because it's not just, it's more of a product then, isn't it? It's more of just making something just to, here you go. You know, it's not really, again, without, you know, okay, I'll punch myself in a second. It's not art really. Is it? it's, not really it's not really, you know, creating. No, no. It's not really what's come from you. It's like, well, this is what people want as opposed to what yeah. I'm making and they have it's, to like it.
1: Yeah, it's fitting a mold oh. as opposed to, you know, all, obviously most good art requires editing and thought behind it at some stage you can't there's very little good art which just comes then expurgated into the world um i'm not sure if i pronounced that word correctly but i'm going to go with it um i'll pretend uh, i know what it means that's fine <laughs> um but it uh the, ultimately it needs to dictate it good art good rock music it, for me is ultimately music where People play. They're, they're, what what? They, in fact they are is they're like a conduit to their own personalities.
0: Mm-hmm. That
1: is the best rock music to me. Three, four, one, doesn't matter who writes the music, but they stand there in that room. And when they play, a magic happens, a magic, a huge <laughs> asterisk next to magic or whatever, which is particular to the meeting of those people in that room at that time. And nobody seeks to... Put any outside agenda on it, they just go smash that 's it that 's what that to me is what great rock music is, which is why most of the bands I like have the the personality to me leaps off leaps off out of the record or out of the live show you know, which is one reason why i I try never to meet people in bands I even half like because um, because you could only be disappointed. <laughs>
0: What about for if you meet bands from you know young kids or you know if you go see a young band or they go see you and come up afterwards? What would you say to those guys? You know, I mean, uh, is it just about getting a live show right, or would you say just run, run, keep, give me your guitar and just run away? <laughs>
1: just do, just do it. For, no, just do it for the right reasons, yeah. and then keep doing it. And you, yeah, just do it for the right reasons. And buy a tuna pedal as well. Mm. That's T U N E R as opposed to A. Um, <laughs> I did an interview the uh, the other year where I said that, and somebody that went into a lengthy rant below the line about there's no such thing as a tune app pedal. You're like, yeah, brilliant. <laughs> um, it that's that's about it, really. Just do it because you love it. If you end up making some money from it, great. But do not do it to make money from it. That that is that is that is it. As long as you go in with your eyes open to Know that what you're doing is it's it's a hobby. It's a hobby, even if it even if it ends up overtaking your whole life. It's a hobby. It's just I'm I'm very lucky to have done my hobby, and be able to probably make a living from it for a total of five and a half years of my adult life. Mm-hmm. And that's about you know that's about the extent of it, really. Um, and you know, people like it, but people liking your music or not, or the quality of your music is to, is to do with so many other factors. It's to do with, it's to do with marketing. It's to do, and it's to do with how marketing fits into the, the narratives of however, I mean, I suppose there is still a music press now, It just, it more lives in, certainly in Britain, in, in the Guardian, maybe. Um, uh, God, God save us all. Um, or, on Pitchfork again, God save us all. <laughs> don't, never, don't really get, don't really get a lot of coverage in either of those organs, which again is one of the reasons what one of the potential reasons, sorry, why we play to the size of crowds we play. But I mean, it didn't. Those things, it's self-releasing, didn't stop us earlier this year playing in the Electric Ballroom in London to nearly a thousand people. Yeah, which is you know, which is. Which really did feel like a a fantastic achievement, Um, a really fantastic achievement. Not just down to us, we're very lucky to work with some very good people, but it really did feel like a fantastic achievement, as did before we uh, printed vinyl of our last two records. I went to Beggars, who we were signed to for years, um, and asked them how much vinyl we'd sold of our previous records. And they told me, you know, a few hundred of each one. Now, if, in in a very real way, if you only print up 500 uh, records, LPs, and this might sound, sound like a facetious question, but some people really don't get it, my friend. How, m- If you print up 500 copies of an LP, how many copies can you sell potentially?
0: Sell which? I miss it broke up there.
1: Fell. You can sell... No, you, you can, if you print 500 copies of an LP, you can only sell 500 copies.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know, the end of the story. Oh, guys, you only sold 500 copies of that LP. Well, we only printed you Printed, <laughs> You printed 500 copies. So I can proudly say that self-released, our last two records, will have sold in total a year each after release four times what we, in terms of the vinyl, like 2,000 copies each, what we would have managed to sell on a so-called major, you yeah. know, certainly the biggest the biggest indie there is. Now, is that a, just a coincidence or a product of time? It probably is a product of time because records are even more popular now. Yeah, but yeah. it also shows you the spectacular lack of attention. Another way the music business works, and the other things don't annoy me as much as they're just the way things are. The one thing which annoys me, because record labels put out records by bands, some of them do less well than others. Some bands are treated better than others in the same way, in the same way that it is in any industry. Um, but what is definitely true is even though we actually sell more records now, we self-release and play a bigger crowds, we don't get offered anything like the same amount of festivals. Really? No, no way because people like to put on the poster, especially in Europe, beggars sh- stroke 4AD after a band. Definitely, definitely, definitely. I mean, you know, the evidence, the evidence in terms of our own personal experience is yeah. is overwhelming. Be dropped by record label, no festivals <laughs> like that, you know? I mean, It's a perception thing. It's a, it's a It's a perception thing, and it shows the way a lot of agents work. They like to... They like the kudos of having things from particular labels there.
0: It's kind of bizarre I mean, though when it's, it's, the industry is changing so much that so many bands are having to do things in the kind of DIY way. Anyway, even if they are assigned to mm-hmm. a label, they end up doing pretty much everything themselves. They just get it's more they about are, the distribution,
1: you know. So, I think I think if we had a, a bigger profile, that that would that would probably be less of a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can only I can only speak of you know the you know going from seven. Seven a year to one uh, is pretty pretty damning when your record sales have gone up and you know at the end of the day festivals festivals are like a in theory at least work on the bottom line don't they I mean people accuse festivals of sexism uh, ageism w- whatever but i mean I mean, with a lot of festivals, they would put on dancing dogs if that's what people wanted to see. Yeah. That's that's it. I mean, it's it's the bottom line and I understand that, but I think probably on the level we're at, we're below the bottom line, aren't we? It's we're, also uh, about trying to find
0: people, you know, and discover bands you don't know or ones you haven't seen around, which is why I'm surprised you haven't done uh, more in Germany or in those countries like that that have lots of these festivals, you know, just loads and loads yeah. of pop-up festivals
1: all over the place. Well, it's... it's, it's it's really disappointing to us, uh, but it's you know, part of the experience of being a, a human being and lots of people make art and lots of people want their art to be heard. Um, we've got to just keep that disappointment, you know, and just, I think it's important to remember that. And, and this is true of life in general. Sorry, I keep bringing up life in general. <laughs> uh, it's, it's probably not personal. Just, the way it is i mean yeah. there are people booking festivals who are very attentive at their job and there are other people who are just doing a part of their job oh let's just get those guys in i know they're aging yeah all right that's that's that and that's that kind of mindset isn't unique to the music industry
0: yeah of course mm-hmm. of course it isn't but uh yeah anyway uh on well i was gonna say on a lighter note we haven't Barely spoken about <laughs> your uh, about the album, but uh, you are uh, coming yeah, to to cool. uh, you are coming to play and uh, show it and uh, the rest of your music off on the eighth eighth of February in here in
1: Luxembourg. That's right. I'm very very much looking forward to it. I mean, you know, musically it's it's really loud rock music, and at its core, it's pop music. But it's it is meant to it is meant to sound quite vicious. But if anybody comes to our show expecting genuine anger then they'll be disappointed a show is meant to be a joyous experience you know that's what that's what it's meant to me it's meant to be it's meant to be loud and it's and it's 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 meant to be fun but it can be those things and it doesn't have to be thick
0: <laughs> well there's the quote thanks so much Andrew. Yeah. appreciate it very no much no
1: problem you you have a you have a lovely day my friend
0: and you thanks for taking the time speak to you next right. time bye no problem
1: mate take care buddy. Yes.
0: Thanks so much for listening to this episode of ACR Tour Tales. Uh, Andrew, was fantastic to take the time, and I hope you enjoyed that interview as much as I did. Uh, We'll be back very soon with another interview, another couple of interviews, actually. We've got one coming up with The Temper Trap. We've got one with two Belgian bands called Sunfjord and Canoba, and uh, a whole load more in the pipeline as well. If you enjoyed this and you'd like to uh, make sure you don't miss those future ones, do subscribe on iTunes, Uh, follow us on SoundCloud, like, rate, comment as well, because that really helps other people to find us, and uh, we'd very, very much appreciate that. Thanks so much again, and uh, we'll speak to you next time.